Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. For those of us not doing essential work, trips to the grocery store are pretty much the extent of going out during this coronavirus shelter-in-place situation. We get to peel ourselves off the couch, walk away from the screens that connect us to seemingly everything right now. We get to put on real clothes, shoes that aren't slippers, and leave the little world that our homes have become. For the stir-crazy among us, it's thrilling. But it's also a task that has many feeling very anxious. Grocery stores are full of humans, and being close to others puts us at higher risk of catching or passing on COVID-19. KQED started taking audience questions about coronavirus in late January. And lately, a lot of the ones coming in are about grocery shopping. How can I stay safe at the grocery store? Should I wear a mask when I go out? Do I need to wash my groceries? Is takeout food safe? I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious. Today, we're answering your most asked questions about groceries and food. Then we're going to hear from people as they answer a not-so-simple question. How you doing? Stick around. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi there, I'm Randal Fatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Let's open the fridge and take a look at what we got. Uh, we have Parmesan cheese and a lot of beer. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it's grocery shopping day in my house, and my husband Sam and I have been trying to go as little as possible, like once a week at the most, maybe once every two weeks if we can make it, and we're taking turns to minimize each of our risks. So today, it's my okay. turn. So yeah, get basil. We'll probably need to get more olive oil. And, now, it's been know. a few weeks since I've gone, so I'm a little rusty on how everything's going to work. So to get the latest, I called up reporter Carly Severn. She's been answering questions about food, takeout, and delivery on KQD's website. So I'm hoping she'll answer some of mine today and also some of yours. Hey, Carly. Hey, Olivia. Okay, so I'm heading out shopping today, and I need the answer to this question from Judith Milgram. She asks, 
If you go to a grocery store, what should be your procedure with yourself and your groceries to stay as safe as possible? So the first thing I want to remind us of is that the guidance from the CDC on wearing a face covering, a mask in public, just changed. Now the CDC say that when you go out in public, you should be covering your face. And that's because a lot of people who actually get the coronavirus, as you know, don't show any symptoms. So you don't know if you're sick. So this is actually to stop you infecting other people. So number one, get your face covering, get something that acts as a mask. And that can be like a bandana or a buff. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a surgical mask, right? It doesn't. And also you're going to have a lot of trouble actually getting a hold of a surgical mask right now. There are some great guides online. I believe the Surgeon General has a pretty good video tutorial on how to make one on a bandana. Okay, you're all ready to go. So you want to go to a store that is really going to help you observe the social distancing of six feet. That is still so important. You may drive past a store and think, oh, they're not making people line up outside. This is great. Well, that means that they're not staggering the entrance of people into the store. So once you get into the store, it might be kind of crowded and it's going to make it difficult to maintain that six feet. So really do consider where you're choosing to do your shopping. Also, if you can, make sure you avail yourself of those little wipes that they give out at the entrance. Take hand sanitizer. You want to make sure that you can wipe down your cart handle and make sure your hands are clean as you go around. It's all about observing that good hygiene. Now, the last time that I was at the store, they were out of some things. Um, Flour, obviously toilet paper. There's been a big run on. And so this next question from Ryan Stoffer is one that I also have had. He writes, grocery stores are full of people and shelves are bare. Are there any issues up the distribution chain that the public should be aware of? The question of whether there are supply shortages or not, that really aren't. But we've all heard these stories about the shelves being empty and that does something to our brains. And we all start thinking that when we go into the store and buy, we should buy a little bit more. And that is unfortunately resulting in people kind of hoarding stuff at home, which is making it seem like there is a supply chain problem. But as far as we can see, there's really not. It's just people's buying and purchasing habits have changed so much recently. And the supply chains are kind of racing to catch up. Also, it's worth bearing in mind that a lot of us have the privilege now of working from home. And what does that mean? You're buying more because you're using more. Yeah, I know. We're definitely eating almost all of our meals at home. I mean, we're trying to, you know, do takeout periodically to support some local businesses. But it's just amazing how much more food that we're having to buy each week to keep ourselves fed. Oh, it's crazy. My regular shops used to be like two, three weeks apart. And now every week I'm looking in the fridge thinking, oh, who ate all this stuff? Oh, that's me. (laughs) So as I leave the grocery store, um, a lot of times I'll have some hand sanitizer there on the way out. So definitely want to hit that up. But then once I get my groceries home, a whole new pile of questions emerges. Should I be washing the outsides of packages that come from the store? Like if it's a cereal box or maybe laundry detergent? I think at this point, it's really worth noticing that neither the CDC, the FDA, or the California Department of Public Health right now knows of any reports of coronavirus being spread via food or by food packaging. So the stuff I'm about to say, this is if you want to be really cautious. You are unlikely to get 
COVID-19 from the outside of the stuff that you are bringing into the house. That is not to say that coronavirus can't live for a certain period of time on certain surfaces. So I absolutely get it that people are looking at the stuff that they're bringing from the outside into their pristine disinfected home and they're looking at the surfaces thinking, "Mm, should I clean this? If you want to be really careful, do it. Set up a little area in your home that you bring the shopping into and then wipe stuff down. You can also leave your non-perishables untouched for a few days. You could leave them uh, in the trunk of your car or, you know, outside your main kitchen. It's really about balancing caution with being sensible. What about, you know, veggies and fruit, you know, anything else you might get unpackaged? Do you wash those in the same way you normally do? Or is there some kind of extra precaution I should take? Yeah, because we're all living in these kind of strange times, it's really easy to forget how we normally live. Like we normally wash our produce. If I brought a bag of salad into the house, I would absolutely wash that bag of salad before serving it to, you know, up to people. So remember common sense, remember what you normally do, wash your produce like you pretty much always would. And this is really important. Wash your hands super well, 20 second rule before and after prepping food. Just maintain that good hygiene. It's more important now than ever. Okay, let's say uh, hypothetically, of course, this all sounds really daunting and I don't feel like doing it and I just want to get some takeout. Um, We have a question from a listener that asks, is it safe to order food to go from local restaurants? I'm so glad you brought this up because I have that similar feeling of being overwhelmed and sometimes I just want someone to sort the food out for me and I'm delighted to tell you that We're pretty sure, yes, takeout is safe. This is actually, takeout is actually a great way to support local businesses. You want to make sure these businesses are around when all this is over, right? So support them. But remember these things. Maintain social distancing. Going to pick up takeout or having it delivered into your house is no reason to suddenly forget the six-foot rule. And last thing, just be a good human. You know, be patient with the folks that you're talking to on the phone when you're ordering takeout. Consider ordering direct from the restaurant to make sure that they get the fullest cut of the money rather than using delivery apps. And if you can afford to, tip well. Carly, I feel so much more prepared for my grocery shopping trip than I did before. Thank you for answering uh, these audience questions and my own. Thank you. And as I say, stay safe. Social distancing has been strange. Uh, I spent <laughs> like 10 hours on FaceTime with two of my friends yesterday watching movies. That's a voicemail collected by radio producers Tina Antolini and Evan Roberts. They're working on a project called Corona Voicemails to help keep people connected while we're living oh so far apart. People call in and share what's going on in their lives. I went out and bought you know, like 10 pounds of sugar, which is so crazy because I'm a, I'm a food educator and I teach all about healthy food, so it just felt funny and ironic. But here we are with plenty of sugar and every day we're making something new. Spending all my time at home, I'm not going to the gym, I'm knocking things over in my room, uh, which is what you're listening to right now. We made apple turnovers and banana bread and baklava. So I'm in the process of enjoying my apartment with my two dogs. But I try to help my neighbors as much as I can. I bring them food. Yeah, just be around to keep potty training my dog, who's a puppy and is three and a half months. I found a new workout buddy with a miniature pony. Since my husband runs a farm in Sonoma, 
and it's a horse trainer here in Sonoma. I started running with the miniature pony. Uh, his name is Wilbur. You can't go anywhere without hearing something saying coronavirus. Yeah. Or COVID-19. Like, I can't have any play dates with any of my friends. Like, all I can do is play online with them on video games like Call of Duty Mobile. Even if I see, like, one of my best friends on the street, I can't get closer than six feet. I don't like people in general, so I stay away from them. I never touch doorknobs. I never have. People are gross. If you're hot, that's different. Um, but you can't even touch the hot people anymore, so that's a problem. I live alone, so social distancing has been super lonely because I already sometimes get pretty lonely. I've been sitting in my bed for the last five days watching the news tick by and feeling sick and feeling very, very scared. And also the fact that I own a restaurant and in a matter of days, we are basically teetering on bankruptcy. I've been banned by my daughter from seeing her family, including grandchildren. And that seems so difficult because we usually see them pretty frequently. My experience with social distancing has really shaken me to the core. I want to give people hugs. I want to embrace people that I love. And uh, I, I don't feel like it's safe to do so. I was actually on the phone with one of my best friends, um, who I do talk to quite frequently. Um, but he was saying, you know, he's like, I have to get off the phone. This is like the, the fourth phone conversation I've had today. It's like a record for me and I'm, I'm exhausted. And I said to him, you know, this quarantine is going to make an extrovert of you yet. Today was the fourth or fifth person that I know some of whom I haven't heard from in a while, call me and say, can I do something for you? Can I shop for you? What do you need? You know, we're all sort of hunkered down, but we may be more connected to people in our lives who are close to us, but maybe we don't see every day um, than we were before this. We did a virtual birthday party for my stepmom who had her 80th birthday. And we used to Zoom and we could see each other all on a grid like Hollywood Squares. And we were all talking over each other. And my stepmother, grandma, she couldn't even, <laughs> she couldn't ever get herself to show on the video because she couldn't figure it out. But we could hear her and she could see all of us. And my dad um, brought her a cake and she blew out the candles while we sang. And it was actually really sweet and lovely. And uh, it really made her weak. If you're interested in taking part in Corona voicemails, check out the details in our show notes. I want to thank Judith Milgram, Ryan Stoffer, and the two anonymous question askers who submitted the questions about coronavirus that we answered at the top of the show. Today's episode was produced by Katrina Schwartz and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. Thanks for listening. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. 
Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just... What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.